Welcome to Fintech Underground by Alpaca, a podcast devoted to stock trading API. From trading with algorithms to connecting apps to building out services, Alpaca is built for developers and traders. And with that being said, let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Fintech Underground by Alpaca. In each episode, we aim to explore a different area within Fintech. We are incredibly lucky to speak to Roger today, the co-founder and CEO of Finery, a social investing platform. Between chatting with friends about investments to sharing your portfolio to making trades, Finery aims to build a community platform for Gen Z and millennials. From the founding story and his experience at Y Combinator, Roger shares his insight on the startup space in fintech, specifically on social investing. With Yoshi, CEO and co-founder of Alpaca here to host, I cannot wait to hear what is going to be discussed today. So let's get started. Hey, Roger, man, how are you? Good, good. Thanks for having me, Yoshi. I appreciate the opportunity. No, I really want to say thank you for taking your time uh, to appear on our podcast today, Fintech Underground. I know we have a lot to talk about, but like, you know, just uh, I want to introduce you, uh, the CEO, co-founder of uh, Finery. Do you want to do the typical YC elevator pitch? Thanks for having me. I'm Roger. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Finery. Uh, what that is, think of it as Discord for investing. So it's a place where you can talk about your investments with your friends and like-minded investors, but more interestingly, actually have access to your investing tool set. So that's live market data, market news, and the ability to actually make trades via your existing brokerage. And of course, after this elevator pitch, I'm sure a lot of people ask you, why did you decide to uh, start the finery? Exactly. Yeah, totally. You know, as the story goes, a little over a year ago, all of my co-founders and I were actually college students. We were all on our respective campuses. And we had noticed that a lot of our friends and a lot of people on campus were starting to invest in the stock market for the first time. But uh, instead of using a lot of the more old-fashioned resources that our parents use, like CNBC, Motley Fool, seeking off uh, the likes of that, uh, they're instead using a lot more modern platforms, things like Discord, GroupMe, and even just plain old text messages to talk about the stock market. So based on those observations, insights from our own personal experience of using those same platforms, and then also just doing a bit of user research, we quickly discovered that young people in particular were really in search of a way to have a more communal and social way around the stock market. So we decided to set out to build that platform. The funny story here is that version one of Finery that we uh, applied to YC with was actually built on top of Alpaca, which is why it's especially cool to be uh, speaking with you today. So I appreciate the opportunity, man. I think like a lot of people will ask you this, but like, you know, how was your experience uh, going through YC? Was that helpful for you? Like, what did you learn from the going through YC? YC was super cool. It was 100% virtual, all completely over Zoom. But I think the benefit of that is that we got all of the learnings not so much the social component, but it was super efficient. But I think YC is really cool in that you kind of realize as a result that going through startups is actually quite simple in terms of the basic philosophies that you follow. Things like make something that people want, uh, raising money doesn't equal product market fit. Very simple philosophies like that. So it was a great experience. I mean, how was it for you? I think you were in person at the time. How was that? Yeah, yeah. So I think we were the yeah we were in the W nineteen batch. Um, so what I felt was it was like kind of really the boot camp where we learned the basics of in a way like you know two weeks sprint, right? Like you know we get together with like you know five or six like you know other companies in micro group, and like you know I have to say I'm gonna commit to this in the next two weeks, and if we don't achieve it, hey man, why didn't you achieve it? Why did you suck? It's kind of hard to answer, but. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something just didn't work out. Yeah, it was super helpful to have that uh, that social pressure from other founders in terms of being able to meet those two-week, one-week goals. 
I think most of the time we were able to meet them, but uh, it was interesting observing a lot of other fintech founders in particular trying to hit those goals. I think we learned a lot about the fintech space in terms of regulation, a lot of licenses and agreements that are just super difficult to navigate. So I think in particular with Finery, because we're more so of a communication social platform as opposed to fintech at this point. Uh, we get to sidestep a lot of those concerns, but definitely a lot of learnings there for sure. Did you meet with like any cool, similar minded founders who are in the similar space that you like, you know, kind of still keep in touch with? For our batch, there actually weren't too many companies in the social investing space. Uh, I think when they accepted that batch, it was right before the whole GameStop fiasco had happened. So social investing wasn't necessarily a big topic at the time, but there were a lot of cool companies that are cool things with fintech, but it was just us for social investing. Nice, nice. So I think like talking about social investing, like, you know, I've been personally following this space, like probably since back in, I don't know, 2012 or 2013, uh, when the like eToro and the, like, what is that Zulu trader and the Covester was there? Like, you know, how did you learn from like, you know, those guys and even the stock tweets or even the public by the, you know, the guys at Yannick and like, you know, there are like a few others that's coming up. Like, you know, how did you think about as you are building the product YC and like, you know, how are you thinking about that now? Totally. Yeah. I think um, stock twits and public did a great job of, of leading the field in terms of the social investing space, really establishing it um, stock twits, especially, but I think the core insight that we had when doing a lot of research and actually coming up with the initial concept for Finery was that those products aren't necessarily built for the specific use case that we were looking for uh, amongst young retail investors. That being having daily conversations around the stock market with your friends and like-minded investors. I think those products are more so designed for this uh, more broadcasty tweeting style where you just send out your thoughts to the market to, to various people and your followers. Whereas for Finery, it's more so focused around having those spontaneous conversations. Tesla's down 10% on a given day. Oh my God, you want to freak out with your friends, send a couple of meme and GIFs, uh, things like that. So I definitely appreciate a lot of the work that they've been doing. And I'm super excited to actually see what happens down the line in terms of this whole world of social investing. I think the core thesis here is that it's going to be humongous, incredibly large, and that they're going to be a number of players that fit those various different types of use cases, a number of which will probably be enabled by the Alpaca tool set. So I'm curious to see what happens there. Yeah, definitely. Like, you know, I, I appreciate that. And like, you know, that's why we like, we're going to build the product for. And uh, I think it's interesting to kind of really categorize even within the social investing, there are different use cases. How do you categorize like, you know, specifically, you know, your unique case to be like, you know, firstly niche and like who are exactly target users? Uh, like, you know, how, uh, what kind of like, you know, traction you're getting uh, initially at this point? Yeah. So our user, you can think of them as the 20 to 30. So high end Gen Z, lower end millennial people who have a little bit of experience in the stock market probably aren't experts at this point. Um, certainly not beginners. Uh, they just want to have daily conversations with their friends and like-minded investors um, very much as a social activity. So some of the insights that we've actually had from our platform so far is that people aren't necessarily having these daily conversations because they want to find new stock ideas or have actionable insights. In a lot of cases, in a lot of times, they're actually just doing it to have fun. In the same way that gaming brought a lot of people together in the 2010s and even now, I think that you know investing is one of those other social forefronts in terms of bringing people together. In terms of the various use cases, so we very much focus on those conversations, but I think down the line, a number of companies are going to focus on, like what I was mentioning before, broadcasting your ideas to the market, uh, maybe sharing memos, like in the case of Common Stock, perhaps following super experienced portfolio managers, things like that. But uh, we're really excited about just focusing on conversations and spontaneous uh, communication amongst young retail investors for now. 
Yeah, and you know, you just raised seed round of 3.2 million led by Upfront. Uh, so first, yeah. congratulations to that. That's a uh, you know, big amount of money. It's been like, you know, um, a lot of, uh, I'm sure, like conversations that you had to have, uh, you know, after YC, but like, how was your experience going through this, like, you know, seed investing fundraising activity, like completely online, right? Probably. Uh, yeah, right. Like, how was it like? Like, you know, was it fun? Or like, you know, was it kind of weird? I think you'll talk to most founders and find that they hate fundraising. It's just like the most brutal process ever. I think especially within the context of COVID and Zoom, it was especially tough in that because there's more of a streamlined process, you can just take 10, 12 calls per day, which is incredibly taxing. Um, so it was a pretty intensive process. I remember talking about it with our YC batch or YC uh, micro subgroup and just everyone being like, yeah, fundraising is not the most fun. Like this is terrible. I just want to get it over with. Luckily enough, we were able to go ahead and fundraise at the very beginning of the batch and have a bit more energy back then. Uh, but we got it done over the course of a month and ended up with uh, Didi Malawal at Upfront Ventures, who we're super excited to be working with. She's amazing. Led the Series A and Chime back in the day. So she's awesome. Has been great. Also working with the team at Dash Fund. So it's been an awesome time. How long did it take for you to get the term sheet? How would your emotional roller coaster was like? I think it was uh, about a month between starting that process and getting that term sheet and then a couple more weeks in terms of actually getting the deal done. But um, I think in terms of an emotional roller coaster, you get really shocked when you get just dozens of rejections in a row. It kind of just does something to your confidence, but uh, it eventually builds a certain durability that you have where as you get more and more rejections, you're just used to it. So it's like almost the, the default result and outcome. So that when you actually get yeses, it's like, oh, this is a nice surprise. That being said, was definitely a very, very brutal process. But I'd be super curious to hear more about how it was fundraising in person. Did you just drive out to literally every VC office out there? Yeah, like, I mean, I mean, you only it only took you like a month, right? Like, I mean, that's amazing. Like um, uh, for us, it was uh, it was extremely long and long and painful process. Uh, it's partly because, you know, we had the previous business that we pivoted from and that mm. existing like, you know, investors uh, on the cap table. And that, of course, like made it kind of difficult for us to really be too flexible in terms of like how we can structure it. We ended up finding a great investor that, you know, we love, uh, you know, Santo from uh, Spark. But yeah, like, you know, we got <laughs> numbers of numbers of numbers of the rejections. And, you know, a lot of people really don't appreciate this experience uh, from, you know, looking outside. So I think like, you know, I appreciate bringing that up about like, you know, getting the rejections. <laughs> totally. It's just a part of the journey. I think, like you were saying, people don't necessarily realize when they look at like TechCrunch headlines that it's just this really intensive process. But all in all, I feel like we just grew a ton as a team, especially as young co-founders. So it was a good experience all in all, I'd say. Is this your first company? Yeah, this is my first company. So for context, I'm 21 years old. My co-founders are also 21, 22. We're fairly young. So this is certainly our first company. But I think one of the coolest things or probably the coolest things of building your own company and startup is that you get to just have an immense amount of learnings on a day-by-day -day basis. But yeah, first time, but we're just learning a ton at this point. So you dropped out from uh, school to do this? Yeah. So one could say dropped out. My school in particular is pretty flexible about going back. So I'd like to go back someday far down the line. But for now, yes, I'm a dropout working on a startup. So as a, you know, the first company that you're building, like, you know, what is this like, you know, grand vision? Because like, you know, I think what I had a very difficulty of really balancing out, like even, you know, fundraising process is that, okay, what's going on right now? Like, what is the growth curve of that, you know, hockey stick that they want to see 
while talking about where this can be in a longer term, if we skew to like, you know, either or extreme, people are like, oh, what are you talking about too much of the detail? And like, you know, if it's too much of the long term, then like, you know, you, what are you talking about the dreams and like, what is actual hockey stick? So for you, what is it like this whole grand vision that you're trying to achieve in five years, 10 years of the time frame? So our grand vision or rather our mission is to become the world's best investing community. And what that means in practice is that people will no longer use Discord or text message or Wall Street bets to have their conversations around the stock market. They're going to come to Fonery as a centralized community to discover new insights, new stock ideas, have conversations with people with similar interests, and even make your trades via our platform. So that's really the grand vision. I think we're well on our way to that. And I'm just super encouraged by the fact that the social investing space has just really taken off in the last year. It's super funny in that when we were first starting out with Finery, this was you know 2020, maybe 2019, social investing was just not really a thing. So I'm really happy that our thesis really played out, most likely on a very accelerated timeline because of the pandemic, but uh, just super excited to be in this space. I think in the last couple of months, it's kind of died down in terms of the amount of activity around meme socks and the like, but I think that social investing has just so much more room to run in the future. And at Finery, we're just really excited about being able to build the infrastructure and tools to support that whole uh, social revolution, I'd say. Yeah. And I think like, you know, community aspect is so important, right? Like, you know, as we are building Alpaca as well, like, you know, community of the developer is something that we really, really like, you know, double down, triple down into. So like, I really appreciate that, like, you know, emphasis on the community and like, you know, how you're betting on that. And, you know, at the same time, like, you know, for the uh, mem stocks, like, you know, you, yeah, like it is true, like, you know, volatility went down, like VIX is a little bit lower than the average. But I think as what we're seeing is that like those meme stocks and the, you know, Reddit revolution, I think it's just the beginning, in my opinion, like considering it's only English right now, like what happens, it goes to like, you know, different languages. And like, you know, there's a you know, word population that's like, you know, so much bigger than just US population. And that's what I'm like, you know, kind of think about it all the time. This meme stocks will be happening like every single day, like, you know, when there's a hundred, like, you know, like almost 200 countries doing the same, same thing, you know? Yeah, that's actually such a cool point. I did not realize it at all. What if meme socks just translates to every country in the world? Well, that's, that's crazy to think about. I was actually just thinking about in terms of, you know, the US stock market. Of course, we want to be a global company someday, but did not realize that that change could go across the world. Thank you for that. That's actually really interesting. Yeah. And even like, you know, for the US stocks as well, like, you know, so I'm from Japan uh, and like, you know, the most of the companies like, you know, go IPO in the US anyway. So like, you know, what the people want to, you know, have exposure to is like, you know, mostly US stocks and like, you know, people talk about, of course, like, you know, Coinbase and, you know, Airbnb, you know, everywhere in the world. So I think like, you know, that's how the, you know, community can be like anywhere in the globe. And like, if the accessibility to those things can be global, like this meme stocks can be like, you know, word phenomenon that's happening like an everyday. <laughs> That'd be great. I think that's part of the vision as well in terms of, you know, making it the case that a random kid from Chicago can have conversations around the stock market with a guy from, I don't know, Budapest or something or, or Tokyo even. I think that's the uh, ultimate vision, the ultimate dream. Uh, of course, right now we're very much starting with a smaller niche of, you know, Gen Z millennial retail investors specifically in the US, but definitely down the line, we have much, much larger aspirations there. Yeah. And uh, talking about like in the world and uh, the uh, uh, location, like we're just chatting about like, you know, you, your team is now going back to the office in New York and you're currently in Boston right now, like kind of, you know, back at home. But like, how is it your experience, like, you know, uh, working remotely and, you know, how, so you were working as a team remotely, even during the YC or uh, you were in the one place uh, during going through YC? 
Yeah, so we were all in one place in a nice small WeWork office here in Boston during the batch, which probably wasn't the safest thing, but we definitely wanted to to take that trade-off of higher productivity for uh, some of the additional risk. But it was a great experience. It was super productive. Washi was great. Um, we actually just moved to a new office in HQ in New York City as of a month ago. Uh, so it's been great there as well. I think with our friends, young people in particular, being able to work in New York City is a really awesome experience. So it's been a lot of fun so far. Is it very different from uh, compared to living in Boston? Definitely. Uh, just way more uh, young people, especially because right now it's internship season, just a lot of college students in the city, a lot of opportunity to actually tell people about a product, very organic uh, distribution that way. But uh, we were also talking about how Alpaca is now completely remote. I'd be curious to hear more about that decision and that thought process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, we had the uh, physical office before going this pandemic, like early last year uh, in San Mateo, California. But, you know, obviously, like, you know, this whole COVID thing forced us from working away from the office. So we just kind of made a conscious decision of, uh, okay, so why, then why not, like, you know, go extreme and like, you know, go completely remote. And like, you know, when we completely remote, why don't we go like, you know, completely global? So that's kind of, you know, we decided to do, you know, since then we grew a lot, but there are a lot of, uh, you know, challenges, but at the same time, they got advantage. So uh, you know, we're still trying to balance out how we can mitigate the cons, which is like, you know, communication is difficult. You know, we can uh, grab the beer, uh, you know, after the work type of thing. So that's really what I miss the most. Totally understand that. I think like, you know, what has been an advantage for us is that the being the globally distributed team. So we have, a, I don't know, it's more like, you know, 12 or 15 like nationalities and like, you know, different places uh, that people are working from. So like it allows us to be kind of empathetic about like, you know, how that situation is in each of the countries or each of the culture jurisdiction is in terms of, uh, you know, the relationship to money and investing. So I think like, you know, that has been working well for us uh, to understand better about the uh, potential partners and the developers that we work with. Totally. And if I understand correctly, I believe Alpaca is being used by companies all across the globe. I think GoTrade is built on top of your tech. So they're a global Robinhood. So that's really awesome. Yeah. Like our thesis, uh, you know, different, like, you know, we want to be the uh, infrastructure for the makers and entrepreneurs. So like, you know, we want the, even like, you know, the high school kid, like, you know, who wanted to just build something over the summer, uh, you know, we want to be able to support that with our product. And, you know, of course, like it gives us the requirement to be flexible in terms of the product. So like, you know, that allows us like, you know, to understand what features that we need to build, you know, that can be useful, of course, big companies, but like, you know, our focus is really how we can be available for everyone, like, you know, who wants to just build something even small. Totally. And that was exactly us. We were those young college students who were using Alpaca to build V1 Afinery. It got us into YC. So we're incredibly grateful to you and the company. Thank you for that. And like, I hope that that's going to continue. I think like, you know, just going back to uh, a little bit about like, you know, yourself and uh, your background. So obviously like, you know, you and your friends started the company with, uh, you know, your own problem, but like, you know, have you always imagined yourself to be like, you know, starting the company, like, you know, as you going through the, uh, you know, the initial years of the college and of course, like, you know, high school, when you look back, like, you know, how were you thinking about it? And like, you know, how, you know, did it turn out to be what you're doing right now? Totally. Yeah. So funny enough, all the co-founders and I definitely had that entrepreneurial itch going into college. Uh, some of my co-founders had worked on previous side projects and small ventures in the past. So when we came across this concept for social investing and just 
this very obvious future where people around the world will just talk about the stock market on a daily basis in the same way that they talk about sports or politics or whatever it might be. We just really jumped at that opportunity. We're easy to, we're very quick to effectively drop out of school and go work on this full time, mainly because one, we really wanted to be founders and build our own company. But two, it's just really cool and I think rare to come across an idea that you feel so passionate about. On that same note, I think the coolest milestone that we hit pretty recently was that my co-founders and I are personally very, very addicted to using Finery on a daily basis. So uh, it fits into that mantra of make something that people want, but also for YC, like make something that you and your friends would use. We've hit that so far. So uh, it's been very good. But yeah, we were always looking to start a company. It's just super fortunate that we were able to find this particular niche in space. Now, like you're hitting this, uh, like, you know, the point where like you, know, you yourself are like the you know, humongous fans of your product. So what should users uh, expect now uh, see uh, to see from your product? And, uh, you know, what is the next that, you know, you're excited about that you want to, you know, let your users know about? Right now, we're actually in a closed beta. Uh, we have a web platform out there in the world, but we're actually shipping our mobile app to the App Store in about uh, two or three weeks. So we're really excited about that. It's at that point that we can effectively open up the floodgates to our platform, open it up to the world, at which point we'll have even more conversation, even more people super excited to just talk about the stock market on a daily basis, having those spontaneous conversations. But uh, we're really just excited to see more people come join the community, uh, more connections that are made, more friendships that are are built and bonded. But that's probably what 90% of my brain power is focused on at this point, just thinking about this upcoming launch. But as you can imagine, with any given startup and company, there's just so many things to think about, but I'm particularly excited about that. Wow. So it's really coming up. Two, three weeks is uh, almost there. I'm sure like you, know, you are like you know, rumbling around testing, and, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, you know, making sure it's working and like, you know, getting ready for the press release and stuff like that, right? Right. right. Squashing bugs, putting out fires, having to deal with random asides. But uh, it's a really cool experience. Like I was saying before, just being able to go through all of this and just continually learn on a daily basis and just push yourself is just one of the most rewarding things. I think that's why my co-founders and I were all super excited to go work on a startup, especially one that we cared about. But it's been a great experience. I mean, for you, like, how are things going? Is it super crazy? A lot of fires to put out? How are you feeling? I think, like, you know, what what we have realized and, like, and been realizing is that it's always something is happening. And there are a bunch of other things that we're not, you know, in control of, like, including, like, you know, mem stocks and, uh, you know, market volatility and, uh, you know, there are a lot of compliance things, regulation things that, you know, we continuously do work with. And while doing that, we have to, like, you know, same as you, like, you know, keep building the features. Uh, so it's extremely busy. Uh, so we continue to hire in, uh, you know, the best people in the world. But like, you know, it's a, uh, it's a very, very overwhelming experience to uh, be in this space right now. Yeah. So I guess it sounds like uh, meme socks is certainly causing a lot of excitement and stress for, for the both of us on both sides. But I think the really cool thing about the whole Wall Street Bets episode and meme socks in concept is that it really just made the stock market seem like a less scary place. And that's really one of the goals that we have here at Finery, uh, making it so that any given person across the country, across the world, feels like the stock market is for them. Like it's not this crazy place for super rich people with, uh, with suits. So while, again, while meme socks has caused a lot of craziness around the market, it's definitely uh, made it a far more accessible place for a lot of people, which is great. I completely agree. Uh, you know, our company vision uh, is to how can we offer the access to that stock market and financial services to 7.8 billion person on the planet. So that has to be like, of course, accessible. 
in nature as the pipe, but also it has to be emotionally accessible as you're saying. And I think you're completely right. The whole thing became more casual. And I think that was the key that was probably missing in probably like the last five, 10 years. Right. It's like meme stocks are the hook that get people into the stock market. And then, you know, the big questions that we focus on at Finery is like, how do you keep people inside, keep them coming back? So we're just really excited to be working about working on these problems, thinking about them. It's just been a great time so far. Right. Uh, where is that? Come for the product and tool and stay for the community. Exactly. Yeah. Spot on. To go into the details, it's actually flipped. So you come for the community and you stay for the tools and the community as well. But definitely a great way of phrasing it for sure. <laughs> I think I need to study a little bit more to make sure that I'm writing the, I'm talking about the right phrase. Thank you very much for correcting me. I appreciate that. Got it. And uh, yeah, so like, you know, we're, uh, you know, about to be wrapping it up, uh, but like, I always ask this um, question to the uh, founders as we are going through this fintech or the regulation, I'm sure because of the social investing, it's sort of like investment advice kind of stuff or not, or like kind of like, what is the, you know, marketing type of things and solicitation. And of course, like you have to deal with the actual market volatility that, uh, you know, you can really, you know, control over while of course, like, you know, start to keep users happy. So there are a bunch of the things more compared to like non-financial, like no fintech, you know, the pro products that like, you know, we see. So I've been feeling it's always like kind of why we have to do this thing. Like if this wasn't fintech, like we, you know, I would not be spending my time thinking about this or dealing with like a lot of things. Uh, so like, you know, it's been always kind of overwhelming uh, experience, which, you know, I, I learned a lot from, but I wanted to get the question to you that like considering all those things is fintech being in the fintech, is it worth it for you? Yeah, I think it, it certainly is. Um, while dealing with those, those questions and issues, isn't the funnest thing in the world. It definitely is outweighed by some of the the feelings of, of gratitude and gratefulness that you get from being able to make the stock market a more appealing place for young people in particular, building this community where people can actually have cool conversations and have a good time. Um, like I was saying before, our mission is to build the world's best investing community and that just feels so much better than these small things that we have to deal with. But I'm super curious to see how a lot of this pans out. I think one of the benefits of being a social investing platform is that we aren't necessarily a investment advisor. So we, I make, we make very clear to our users that we're not giving investment advice. Uh, the conversations that happen on Finery are purely for informational and educational and entertainment purposes, right? They're just conversations. And I think one of the other benefits is that a lot of these conversations are currently happening on Reddit. They're happening on Discord. Um, so being able to actually have tool sets and features that actually encourage more responsible investing, things like being able to see people's portfolios in real time so you actually can actually have some transparency into the type of investor they are, being able to have live stock market data, market news, analyst ratings. Uh, we think we're making that community far more responsible, but uh, definitely a lot to think about going forward for sure. Thank you very much for like, you know, the tips and learnings and like, you know, us sharing with your experience. Uh, you know, thank you very much, Roger, co-founder, CEO of The Finery. Uh, super excited for the mobile launch to come. Thank you very much for your time, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. It's awesome. Thanks. I also wanted to thank all of our listeners for joining us today on this episode of Fintech Underground by Alpaca. As always, check out all of our past episodes on all major streaming platforms podcasts can be found. Thank you.